0: Welcome back to Raw Vegan Lens. I'm your host Sherry Michelle. Let's go. I'm just recording this in the car because I have a little window of time here. Things have been um, really busy and um, last night my dog ate a box of raisins and so you probably know that involves several days of going to the vet. Um, luckily we avoided hospitalization. She's doing well. Um, Just things like that where my week is not going as planned, but that's okay. I have big, big news. Obviously, by the title of this podcast, uh, it's going to be my ayahuasca journey. I did ayahuasca about a week ago. It took me at least five years to gather the courage to do it. I had this idea, like just a vague Like, kind of wish that I would record everything immediately after the ceremony. But it just wasn't possible. It took me a while to come out of it. And um, so this is why I'm doing it now. Um, It was life-changing, as you can imagine. I think what stopped me from uh, doing it for a long time was the fear that I was going to, like, poop myself or something, you know. (laughs) Nobody wants that. But, um, you know, I was being really devoured by grief and the timing probably was never going to be better. And actually I had started setting it up, applying and, um, going through the screening process and all of that in the summertime. Um, but yeah, losing my niece Devin, um, I just... I wouldn't say it was on a downward spiral, but I was definitely very stuck in grief. And I just couldn't get over the fact that she had died. Like, I couldn't... Several times a week, I found myself saying to to Gabe, I I can't believe Devin died. Like, it's just... I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Such a gaping hole in our lives. And um, I don't... I'm not in that same place now. Uh, It's just... That's the way things are now, and we're moving forward. I want to back up and, like, just capture all of this as it happened to the best of my ability. Because I'm not the same person. I'm not convinced I'm even genetically the same person. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I was disassembled and reassembled several times. I... I died six times. Most people do experience um, death, uh, have a death experience um, during their ayahuasca journey. Maybe that's what keeps a lot of us from doing it for so long. But I was ready. I was as ready as I was ever going to be. I had to do something to move forward, to help me move forward. And I kept seeing 111 and 1111 all over the place. Which is, you know, you're at the gateway to spiritual enlightenment. Or you're at a gateway to some spiritual enlightenment. And it's so funny to me that I was so focused on November 10th, November 10th. That's when I'm doing it, November 10th. Not even realizing, you know, it's an all-night ceremony. And I would be coming out of it on 11-11. Isn't that funny? The synchronicity. So... I did a scholarship also. I want to let you know in case you think like this is not affordable. Um, I did a scholarship. So really all I had to pay was I had to pay like a $20 donation at the ceremony before we started. And then um, $60 for my ONAC card, which is, I forget my apologies, what ONAC stands for, but it's a Native American church. And you basically just agree to... Um, a lot of ethical things, uh, you know, how you treat the environment and how you treat animals and people. And, um, you're not going to run around telling where this is and all of that because there is a screening process. It's not, it's not legal in Illinois yet. It should be legal. This is not, I really don't think of this as a drug. They call it plant medicine. Um, this is not a trip, man. Like, cool, groovy. No, it's <laughs> it's definitely not addictive. It's like a strap in because you are in for... something like you have never experienced before. The good, the, <laughs> the bad, the ugly... I keep thinking, like, um, the darkest of the dark and the lightest of the light. Like, I really felt like I experience the universe over the course of like 10 hours um but let's back up to um yeah in in case I wasn't clear $60 for the Yonat card it was $20 for the um donation and I believe that normally it's $80 but I did have a scholarship because I've been through hell this year and I'm just now getting my life back on track by the way I am working for an airline again. So I have flight benefits and more to come. And I'm very happy with it. I love it. I love working on the ramp. I love being ramp agents. You're busy. Uh, It's very physically demanding work. It's different every day. Um, I'm outside, I'm getting sunshine, vitamin D. I have a great crew. Uh, There is a brotherhood there that's very similar to fire school and doing firefighter training that I really love. Um, so yeah, I work with great people. I have a great team and, um, let's go back to, to how this, um, began. Uh, so Gabe drove me up there. They really recommend that you don't drive. I think next time now knowing, yes, I will be doing this the next time because I just, I need to do it at least one more time. Um, I don't recommend you drive, but I think knowing what I know now, I think I would be okay. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how I feel about it um, down the road. So when I got there, a lot of people were already there. So I could have arrived earlier um, when we drove by because he had to get to a concert. So he was kind of nervous about, you know, getting me dropped off and safely and, him getting to his concert on time, meeting up with his friends, so, um, it was, there weren't, there wasn't anybody there when we drove by the first time, and it's, it's like a cabin, it's not exactly out in the woods, it's in a neighborhood, in a suburb of Chicago, um, but it is a, a space for events, so it's not like a home, not a cabin in that way, There's an open space, there's a stage like in the center, there's a fireplace, there's kind of like a little entry area where you hang your coats and put your shoes and bags and things. Um, There are, there's a restroom that has two stalls and there's like a little kitchen area um, and it's all lit by Christmas lights and then when those aren't on it's dark and you have little tea light, electric tea lights to kind of light your path if you need to go to the bathroom. Um, And just so we can get this out of the way early on, you are cognizant enough to get up and go to the bathroom um, when you need to. (laughs) There will be an exodus either um, from one end or the other and um, more than one and um, pretty major. And uh, but you can handle it. You can you know, maintain control. Okay, so (laughs) it's beautiful. It's cozy. I felt like um, a little more relaxed as soon as I walked in the door and saw like so many people like, you know, just like warmly talking to each other and the lighting. And I found a space, a friend of mine who had referred me because this is by referral, since it's pretty much an underground organization, She's done it about 15 times, I think, and um, she's done Bufo, too, which is frog medicine. But um, she recommended getting a space by the wall. She says they like the new people to be in the center, but she says I need the wall for support, and I'm really glad she said that because I ended up in the perfect spot as far as I'm concerned. Um, I was along a wall, and I was under a window, and there was just enough of a draft um, coming from, you know, around that window where I had just a tiny, slight, cool breeze all night, which was it's perfect. Um, I really expected to get overheated, you know, I'm in my 50s and menopause, I thought I would probably get night sweats, you know, there too. But no, I didn't, which was really surprising. And I, I love that I had that little breeze. So I went with my I took um, my camping mattress, which is thin, inflatable but thin because you roll it up you know you're not allowed to take like a big thick air mattress it makes too much noise you're not allowed to wear like clacky shoes Um, everything needs to be very quiet and soft and so I had that thin um, roll out little air mattress and my sleeping bag which I love and a pillow but the guy to my left his name was David and he bless his heart. He, he made a huge difference in my experience because he was doing it for his second time and he had the setup. He had a nice thick mattress, um, like a roll up kind of, I want to say almost like a miniature futon, but not as thick. And, or if you've seen those square cushions, the square tufted cushions, it was kind of like that. Um, and then he had a basket with his, like, his little instrument, his little shaker, maraca kind of thing, and, like, his water, and um, I forget what else he had in there, but um, he had several pillows. He he had it down to a science, and he said, you're going to need more than, than that under you, I think. And so he went and got me three cushions of those, she got, he got me three square cushions and another pillow. And oh my gosh, that made such a huge difference. Because he said he came last time with like a yoga mat and a pillow. And he said, I felt so beat up the next morning. And I know I would have too. So I had a much um, more comfortable uh, setup then. And then the other huge thing that he did for me was he was Latino. And he was referring to Aya as abuela and grandma. And I had always heard I referred to as the mother, mother am mother this, mother that. And as most of you may know, or maybe you don't remember, but I didn't bond with my mother really well. Um, she has borderline personality disorder, undiagnosed. Um, when my dad was dying, uh, it was my therapist who figured it this out. And so, and most likely my sister too, very, very similar, um, behaviors. And so basically to sum it all up real quick, uh, with my mother, um, I was a present to my dad. My dad wanted to have kids very, very much. And his ex-wife did not. And my mother wanted to, I guess, give him that gift. And then it kind of backfired on her because then she had to take care of me and she he said she was competing with me from the day I was born that he thought he was going to have to like keep us in separate rooms when he brought us home because she was so jealous of the new baby where she she went from being like getting all this attention for, for being the expected mother and and I don't judge her at all for this I mean these days like I see where she came from she was an only child with two parents that were not affectionate people, because their parents were not affectionate people. She was really starved for affection and attention. And um, then she had a baby, and she had to compete with this baby for the attention of her husband, who was finally, like, she'd finally met someone who gave her the affection she needed, and now she was going to have to share it. I totally get all of that. So, and I, you know, I'm cognizant of the fact that I chose this, I chose this family. I chose these parents for this experience, for these lessons. Cool with that. So I i have also recently been told in an energy healing session that a friend of mine, actually the guy that did my QHHT session before I was doing QHHT, he's now doing energy healing and asked me if I'd like to have a free session because they're learning and so I went and one of the things that came up there was that the woman who was their teacher said she wasn't feeding you like she was supposed to be and I knew that she had let me sit I I kind of have this idea of like um, that she let me sit I know I had that bladder surgery when I was pretty young and I kind of traced that back to being sitting for long periods by myself as a toddler, um, not being picked up enough. My dad totally made up for this, the rest of my family totally made up for this. Um, you know, it is what it is. But she was very wrapped up in herself. So I did not bond with my mother the way I, I just know that is not there. I don't have that that feeling with my Mother, that most people have. Um, I love her. Um, I'm glad she gave birth to me. You know, I've worked hard at like um, repairing and rebuilding a relationship with her, as you know from my podcast this past year. Um, I'm no longer angry with her. Um, I no longer fear her. So, we're in a good place, as good as it's going to get. Um, that being said, mother Aya it just didn't really like eh, whatever that's what they call her but when he said abuela I was like oh this shifts everything abuela like I loved my grandmas my grandma Rhodes and I were especially close when I was young because and I was shown during um, my experience that she mindfully stepped into that role for me and I just, I loved her to pieces when I was, um, younger, especially. Um, she was my protector and she rescued me many, many times, as many times as she possibly could, um, from the farm and had me come stay with her. So I'm eternally grateful for that. And I did see her during my, um, during the the medicine, when I was deep in the medicine. So, okay. So he says abuela and I'm like, Whoa, that clicks. Oh, that's awesome. That just put me at ease. Like awesome. So they gave an introduction. Um, I don't really remember much of that. You weren't supposed to touch the people around you. You needed to stay clothed. Obviously you needed to, um, not, you know, clack around in shoes. You needed to be in your socks or something soft on the floor. Um, You had your little tea lights. You had a little bucket. It was like, it was a popcorn bucket that had plastic in it. So if you needed to throw up, you could. That was at the foot of your little bed that you made, that you brought with you. Um, They did different things during the night. I don't really, it's not like we had a running order I can't refer to. In the morning, there were a lot more like art sharing and Uh, music and there was a dance party like um, when we started to like kind of come out of it but I started with like an orientation and then I think maybe it was 20 minutes later we got our first dose and I feel like we have about yeah maybe a five minutes or so Five to ten minutes to kind of get situated and in your little bed that you've made, your little nest. And um, then you begin your journey. And it was very intense right away. I wish I could tell you. I, I, you know, I can't describe the universe. I wish I could tell you everything but it was just so dense. Like when you're on the outside of it, you're like, Oh my God, when you're in it, it's manageable. Um, there's nausea. Um, you are in it. It's funny because another reason I think I avoided it for five years was because I don't, I don't really like weed. I don't, I've never really liked getting high because I was so sensitive to it. I would get too high and it'd be like, I'd always have that moment where I was like, I felt like I was on a roller coaster and I was too high, too high, can't get off, you know, dang it. <laughs> and, and I knew this was going to be kind of similar. You can't get off. That's not an option. You can't step off the ride. You can't. Once you're on it, you're on it. And so you do have the option of a second dose, but we'll get to that in a minute. So I start to have a pain in my left breast um after the first dose like right after the first dose but um and I I admit I had forgotten that this had happened a few days earlier but I'd had a sharp pain through my left breast while I was driving that felt like a long needle like a crochet needle or something like just like jabbed in and like stayed there for like probably a minute because if it was less than that I could have written it off and like I imagine that or whatever But because it lasted like about a minute, I was like, whoa, that's something unusual. But then I forgot about it. I was just so busy with work and getting ready for for this and and nervous about this. I just, I forgot. Well, I remembered that. Um, But um, I just kind of dealt with it. And it grew throughout the night. Um, I never really had any relief from it. I get a tiny bit of relief if I laid on my back. And I did. I remember asking for healing. Um, you have to set an intention also when you go into this. Um, and my intention was, you know, just to leave it up to Abuela. Like, teach me. Teach me what I need to be taught and heal me. Heal what needs to be healed. And so uh, I just kept it very simple. I believe we went around the room and kind of introduced ourselves a little bit. Um, they let you smudge yourself. So they pass an abalone shell and, um, a smudge, you know, stick. And I was impressed by the people that really took their time smudging themselves because you have a room of, you know, 22 people with two space holders being two of them and the shaman and the shaman's up on the little kind of stage area and, um, She has like a um, a like um, what do you call it an altar um, in front of her where people brought fruit and vegetables and like gifts for Aya and um, just little special things to them for the ceremony and then that's also where they serve you your dose Um, you could come up and kneel on this um, little like um, little rug it was and um there's candles there and everything and she was beautiful like a beautiful person and she had just a very comforting calm healing energy about her and uh just very sweet very tiny little woman and she uh had been doing this for I believe she said 16 years there was also a guy there um my friend that had has done this 15 times she's done it other places it wasn't all here um, she's done it in other states, but um, she said that there was a guy there that she knew from her, one of her um, ceremonies. That she knew at the time he was doing it every month. And I wish I would have asked him about that, but I did meet him and I was like, "Oh, she says hi," and he's like, "Oh, that's lovely." Da, 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 da. But he was also just such a warm, beautiful, healing presence. There was so much love in that room, so much safety and comfort and support. I was a little concerned that the spaceholder people were doing the ayahuasca with us. <laughs> I don't know about the shaman. I didn't pay attention to whether she was or not, but I knew they were. And um but they were great spaceholders. They were still able to um totally hold space for us and help us if we needed it and check in on us. And um they were the ones that asked us if we wanted a second dose and talked to us about that and so, uh that was really interesting. Um when it came time for the second dose, I was scared and I knew I didn't want to go into it with that energy, but the first dose had been so freaking intense. Just you're just seeing so much and I really can't articulate everything that you're seeing and experiencing. Um I do remember the deaths from the second dose much more clearly. Everything is happening very fast too. You're on a. For me, I was on a. a, 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 a the imagery. Everything that I was experiencing was just happening so fast, and it was so intense. Um. One of the space holders. Asked me then like, do you want to do the second dose? And I was like, uh, when I was in Hawaii, I I wanted to, I set the intention to master the art of surrender, and and now I'm like, oh, are you sure about that? <laughs> Having already had a taste of it, I didn't know that that's how it would manifest, but this was how it was manifesting. And just also this year, this year has been like one of my hardest, but I've also grown a lot. Um, and she said, "Well, I think you have your answer then." And I was like, yeah, okay. Um, I just I was scared um because I knew like I knew you were that dose was on top of I was still in the medicine, you know, so it's not like you, they're separate. it's in addition to you were adding on another layer to that cake <laughs> and uh I just didn't know if I was ready, but I had also been told like, you can ask Abuela to be gentle with you. So I had, and I thought, well, I can ask her again to be gentle with me. And I felt that she had, um, that I was told she never gives you more than you can handle. So I just went ahead and, and did it. Um, I forget. I said something else to that lady, to the space holder. Oh, I said if I don't do it, I know I'll regret it. And and she also felt like, well, that was your answer too. So obviously, um so I go up there, I kneel on the little rug and my and David who's to my left, he's kneeling again to my left. He's cuz his his nest was next to mine to my left, but he's also kneeling to my left and cuz we both went up there at the same time cuz they kind of go around the room. And, uh, I, I, I was scared and they knew I was scared and I didn't want to take that intention. I didn't want to take that energy in to the second dose was the last thing I wanted. Um, and then I saw him being so grateful and like, just, he was so full of gratitude and I was like, yeah, that, that, that's what what he said. That's what I'm going to do. You know, like mentally I'm like, okay. Okay, because I'm just holding my cup watching him, and I'm like, oh, God. But then I realized, like, okay, I can do that. I'm grateful. I am grateful for this. I'm grateful for this whole experience, everything I've had so far. So I did the second dose and went and uh, laid down. I think it was during the first dose that I had, like, mass exodus (laughs) downtown. Like, I just it's gonna be TMI but you want to know right like okay I pooped a lot like and I was eating the dieta like you have this kind of you're not supposed to have sugar and caffeine and drink or anything like that before like a, it's about a week I think before your your ceremony so I had been pretty good I hadn't had any meat um I was not raw though like I have struggled so much with raw up to this point um Just with the stress of the new job and just everything. It's just my same old story that I'd been doing. Well, I think I'd had a salad was my last thing I'd had. Um, I'd done pretty well with the dieta. So uh, I hadn't had anything I wasn't supposed to have. I hadn't eaten super clean. Um, But anyway, there I released things in that restroom that, and I know I'm not alone that were in there for a very long time, considering that I fast pretty regularly and I do raw pretty regularly. There were things that had been in there a long time. You just, you knew it because it was not pleasant. Um, the other thing I want to say before I forget is that, um, I was told in the morning, like someone said, oh, the woman that was to my right, who is also an awesome person to have this experience next to, she was on her seventh time, like I said. So she's pretty experienced with it, but she had a lot of trouble with nausea this time. She said there were a lot more men there than there usually is. And um, I just want to say the vomiting sounds were like, nothing I have ever heard in my life. One of the most disturbing things I've ever heard. Such um, violent, deep, guttural vomiting. I'm assuming it was men, like, it sounded like big guys. Um, I vomited, um, but only like a little shot glass you know, like that, just a tiny bit. I vomited hard though, really hard. Um, Well, they were vomiting from like the bottom of their toes or something because, and I'm not saying all of them and I'm not saying like, I'm not saying anything. I just, no judgment. I'm just saying I wasn't prepared for that. And it quite frankly sounded demonic at times, like just bone chilling. And I remember abuela saying, like ayahuasca saying to me, listen to that. That is a sound of self-hatred leaving the body. Now it was like, that was heavy. So the second dose was also when I experienced the deaths and I had five that were the same and one that was different. Um, So the first five, they were all like, it's kind of a, I was a cross between a tidal wave and an avalanche of, like, chaos. Like, so many things. Dark, alarming, disturbing, terrifying things. Like, coming in a wave up over me and just engulfing me. And I would die and I would just be still in darkness, and then I would be back, and she'd have me do it again, and I had me do this over and over, and it was like, until I was comfortable with it, I was like, oh, here I am, I'm back again, you know, and I'd just be like, oh my god, and then I would, I would come back again. And apparently then I got comfortable with it and then she had me experience breast cancer and I just rotted and um, I was okay with that too. And I just, to this day, like right now, I'm totally comfortable with all of it. Um, The pain in my left breast just grew and grew throughout the night. The whole thing lasted, like we got there at 9.30 and we left at about 8.30 in the morning. I was still in the medicine when I left, but was able to like talk and was, you know, we'd gone around the circle and, um, you know, shared things. And there was, like I said, there was a dance party when they wanted us to kind of come out of it, begin to come out of it. And some people didn't, some people were like deep in their cocoon up until almost 8:30, Um, but I think around maybe seven, I don't know who knows what time it was. Honestly, we weren't even on the planet, you know, like you're in another world. Anyway, maybe it was first light. They started to like have the dance party. I cried through the whole dance party because um, I was having an experience with my dog Kylie, who died and how she connected us to our dog that we have now, Jevy. And just what a great friend she was. I was crying out of gratitude um, that I, I just loved her so much, and I cried some for my sister, too, by the way, my sister held my hand a number of times throughout the ceremony, I saw my dad, my dad was so freaking proud of me, just beaming with pride, and my grandma, um, on my dad's side, she asked me to forgive someone in my family, who's, um, you know, I, I thought I had forgiven them, um, but I still had pain surrounding the experience, um, and how can I, you know, after what my grandma did for me, how can I not? So I have to try again. And, and any of the painful experiences that I've had over the last couple of years that I would kind of go back to because I couldn't, I couldn't resolve them um, before ayahuasca. Um, they don't hold the power over me that they did before ayahuasca. Now they just are what they are. I'm not in pain I'm not suffering from those experiences they're just part of the journey um, I saw a friend of mine for a moment an old friend from my childhood and I saw his mother who I also I have a pretty good neat relationship with her considering like it's an un, it's an, an unusual relationship unusual friendship I should say because she was my parents friend and but we spent a lot of time together after my dad died And she's been a great mother figure, but just more so a great, great friend. And that's his mom. And this friend that I saw, he and I maybe talk maybe once every couple years. We're not close at all anymore. But I thought, well, I'm seeing him for a reason. I need to check in with him. So I have. I've I've let him know I did this. And I saw him in my um, experience when I was deep in the medicine. And I said, I don't know what that means, but I thought I should check in with you and he said, you know, I've been wondering like what the next step is. I'm 15 years sober, like maybe maybe this is it. And I was like, well, I know the people that um, suffer the most and have the biggest struggles are the greatest healer, healers. So maybe you are on a path to being a healer. I don't know, but I just wanted to let you know I saw you there. And and I didn't see, you know, a bunch of friends in my experience. I didn't. So it was just struck me as odd that I saw him uh I saw Devin a number of times my niece Devin um I even saw like a kind of a little witchy part of like like ooh, what's that like I don't know like I think you see things you definitely confront a lot of fears so maybe I had a fear of that but I just wasn't conscious of it I don't know but um you know, she was so gifted at tarot and, uh, so intuitive. And so, um, I guess it shouldn't really be surprising, but the most beautiful moment I had with her was the two of us standing in the dark, but like in the light of this, the room we were standing in was black. I wouldn't say I just saw a plate go by with her initials on it. I see them all the time, every day now. Um, we were standing in the light of this stained glass window, a massive Gothic stained glass window that was blue and purple. And the light was like coming down on us and we were in a dark room and she just kind of laughs and says, isn't it fucking magical? And she said that in one of her TikToks, And so it's easy to say like, Oh, that's just your subconscious, like replaying that tape. But, um, she was there with me like most definitely and I felt like her and her mom my sister they were with me through the whole thing like um so happy for me is what I was feeling like so excited for me probably excited for me to be healing and just growing um I experienced a family huddle of like my immediate family my mom my dad my sister my brother like just having this like pure like huddle of love we were reunited and my mother wasn't like mentally ill she was just her pure soul self beautiful like everybody just loved each other and we were happy and that was a really cool thing um so when the morning started to come and they said okay and they kind of bring up the lights again the Christmas lights because it's all anytime there's lights on it's still really soft and, and warm and cozy um David got up and started dancing right away. He was so excited to dance. And it's funny because later he said, you know, I'm not a dancer. I don't, I'm not like that. He goes, but Abuela moved me, you know? And so he was dancing like so happy. And um, I'd say there was maybe 10 people that like really got into the dancing. Just in their own little space at the end of their bed, just standing up. And and um, others stayed in their their little nest and in their experience while that was going on and me I was crying about my dog Kylie and my sister and um and then they had like kind of a sharing circle I don't remember the order of these things but there was like an art sharing circle one guy sang, how much is that doggy in the window because he wasn't sure what else to do but he wanted to sing um people played music. There was, uh, David had a, um, one of those sound bowls. Um, people read poetry and writing and, um, beautiful music. Oh, oh, there was incredible music all night long, a lot of native American music. And just the other day, yesterday I found a, a Spotify playlist for ayahuasca, and it's really big, and I know some of that music was in the ceremony because it takes me right back to it. I love listening to it while I meditate now, um, especially the first two songs. So, and we had a guy there that played drum, and sometimes it was just that going on. He must have been a space holder, too, because he was very generous with his time um, in playing that drum. So, um, look for that music on Spotify. It's an easy playlist to find. Just, just search ayahuasca because it is a huge playlist and it is so beautiful. We had, I remember there was one song that was just all wind chimes. Oh my God. It was so beautiful. So you've got all of this sound going on, but there were also, I know there were periods of silence too. So it's not like you're overwhelmed or being like pushed or anything like that um, with this music or guided with this music. I mean, I I don't know. (laughs) To some extent, I suppose you are because it's a lot of it is very Native American. It's just it was breathtaking, gorgeous. And people shared beautiful art, too, in that circle. People shared some of their experiences. I know there was a guy that died in a field and he became the field. Um, One of the space holders, sons, uh was having a lot of trouble in his life just the night before, like, the police involved and stuff, and she said Abuela told her he's planning to commit suicide, and this is how he's going to do it, and she was like, I can't believe that never occurred to me, like, it would be so easy for him to do it this way. All he has to do is overdose on this medication, and... Um, yeah, so like really, but you know what? No one was like (laughs) sounding broken or devastated. Everyone was so happy. In fact, the woman to my right, I wish I could remember her name, but she, um, said, isn't that funny? Like considering what you went through, like you feel so happy. I will also say that, um, I think genetically, like, I think on both sides of my family, really, we are dopamine deficient. And then you add to that ADHD, which is uh, also usually has a dopamine deficiency going on. Um, The antidepressant effects of an ayahuasca ceremony, that, that carries over for, they say, about 30 days. I think mine will just keep going because I will have then 30 days of raw vegan on top of it, because here we go, big reveal here, drum roll, after 17 years of struggling to stay raw, and you've heard it over and over in the podcast, and I felt a lot of guilt about that, that I let you guys down over and over again, because I struggled with it so much, and I really think so much of that has to do with low dopamine, because it's been effortless ever since I did ayahuasca and you've probably heard that many alcoholics who do ayahuasca never touch alcohol again well cooked food doesn't hold any appeal to me Um, I just feel content happy um, at ease I feel peaceful uh, You know, yesterday when my dog ate a box of raisins, it actually happened in the afternoon. I hadn't gotten home from work yet. And Gabe kind of forgot to tell me. Like, he didn't think it was a very big deal. Or, I don't know, I didn't hit him or what. But he now realizes it was, it was a big deal. Because, uh, and then I was confused. Like, why isn't he concerned about this? And then, like, I just, I don't know. I didn't react the way I know I would have before I had ayahuasca I think I would have been crying and a wreck and very emotional I was frustrated there's 1111 on a license plate coming past me right now (laughs) I just keep saying it over and over it's so cool anyway um he went off to work he said do you want me to call off you know do you want me to cancel these sessions he's a therapist you know I was like no no I'll Uh, I'll take care of it. So I just accepted it and I didn't feel emotional about it. I took her to the vet. They, um, they treat it very aggressively. They take it very seriously. Some dogs don't have a reaction to it. Others die. So they just assume the worst and prepare for it. So, um, they induced vomiting. They recovered some of the raisins, but not most of them. Those were already in her intestinal tract. Um, they gave her subcutaneous fluids Uh, she looked like a little camel (laughs) with this, this hump of fluid on her back that, which then kind of migrated down to her tummy. Um, and we have to go in today. I have to go in a little bit actually and, uh, get her there and have them check her blood work and yeah. So anyway, I have to wind this up and I'm very sorry about that, but it just was more and more time was passing. And I thought I have to, I have to record this before I forget, um, too much of it so beautiful people beautiful experience I highly recommend it if you're feeling stuck if you're on a downward spiral if you're dealing with addiction if you're depressed or if you just are ready to grow by leaps and bounds um, I highly recommend this and you don't have to go to the jungle to do it I don't think I could have done this in the jungle I'm not ready for something like that where you're so exposed, even in some of the, um, really high-end ones in South America. Um, I've seen the setup and I just really feel like this was cozy and safe and this is what I needed. It was perfect. Totally grateful to my friend for, um, sharing it with me. We met through a writer's group and, uh, you know, if Aya comes onto your radar, like they say, she's calling you and, I never felt like she was calling me. I just kept watching testimonials and listening to testimonials and reading about testimonials off and on for the last five or so years. But when this friend, uh, you know, when I met this woman through a writer's group that she, uh, she created, um, I think that's when I started calling me and I didn't realize it because then I just kept checking back with her and she kept checking back with me and, and, you know, I went through a lot of really painful things in my life and it was time. So there's probably more I could tell you. Um, Gabe picked me up at eight, around 8.30 in the morning, just before 8.30. She, he brought Jebby with him. So that was so great to see her. I did, um, when I was crying about Kylie, I was also like having moments of connecting with Jebby, I was seeing like the back of her neck where she has this big, thick white folds of fur that are just, I just love that. I don't know why that part of her, but, um, Gabe said that she barked several times during the night, which she doesn't do that very often at all. And he would get her calmed down. And, um, so he had asked me, did you try to connect with Jebby? And I was like, yeah, I, I really, I thought about her a couple times through Kylie. And just their connection with each other too. So that was kind of cool. I'm sure I'm forgetting some things. um, But these are the big points. And I guess I'm remembering what I'm supposed to remember for you right now. And I hope you have this opportunity. And I hope it opens you up to all kinds of healing and peace. I did, I tried to get the shift covered for the next night because I was going to have to work. I got home at like maybe nine o'clock in the morning, still very much feeling the medicine, um, but it was wearing off by that time. But I wanted to sleep because I didn't sleep, you know, (laughs) I needed to sleep before I went to work because I was going to have to get up at one in the morning. Going to work, I wasn't able to get my shift covered, but I was fine at work. The only um, little weird thing that I had was on um, at the end of my shift, I was riding the bus back to the employee parking lot from the terminals, and I couldn't figure out why my AirPods weren't working. I was trying to listen to um, some music on Spotify, and I was like, I know I have them in my ears, why isn't this working? But it wasn't my AirPods I had in my ears; they were in my pocket still. I had my earplugs from being on the on the ramp on the tarmac. I could feel I had something in my ears, but it was my earplugs. So that was just the only little goofy thing that I did that day. And um, I slept, I got enough sleep to go to work and I was fine. And and, uh, little things come once in a while. You'll have a little epiphany about something you saw or felt or experienced. I wish I would have kept in touch with Debbie. I wish we would have exchanged information and also the woman to my right, because I can't even remember her name now and she had a friend too who was a horse lady and I uh, kind of felt a connection to her too but um, hopefully I'll see them again I'll cross paths with them again so <sighs> just grateful so grateful and I'm just in a much better place and I'm raw so hey so many things so many things have shifted so I wish this for all of you thank you